awesome. Just so awesome. If you're ready for the word, shout, bring it on. Oh, I just love you so much. I'm just so glad that you're here. Everybody try to stand, and then I promise I'll be standing longer than you. Come on. But uh, I've got some of my Collide pastors here with us that came for our Collide conference. We kind of handpicked about 200 folks, and they came for our pastor's conference that I am team and our team is phenomenal. Pastor Josh, Pastor John, don't want to start naming people, Pastor Troy, and of course, the fine, beautiful, awesome Pastor Dole. These guys brought it. But let's welcome our, our friends that are here, pastors from across the nation. So glad to have you today. But I feel like I've got a download from heaven. If you're ready, somebody say, I'm ready. Aren't you glad that, uh, that Irma's out of town? I told y'all last week, that heifer got on my nerves. Come on, I just, I got tired of Irma. And, uh, and I believe that God has given me a particular download for this season in your life. We're talking about connections. Now, I've told you a couple of times, I want you to stop by in the back, get connected to a small group, because at Calvary, we're doing life together. How many of you are thankful for your church relationships? They're, 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 more, they're more precious to us than anything because these are the people we have so much in common with because we all love Jesus. Hallelujah. So I want to encourage you to stop by in the bag, but I want you to take your Bibles today, and I want you to look to Acts chapter 27. I'm warning you, I feel like preaching. Come on. So Acts 27, 13, you my live stream, this is going to bless you. It says, when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their desire, verse 13, putting out the sea. Now, bear in mind, Paul is on his way to Rome, and he's going there as a prisoner. They sailed close to Crete, but not long after, a tempestuous wind arose, that, and this word here actually means a hurricane. Pastor, why in the world are you talking about a hurricane? Well, you'll hear it in just a minute. It says in verse 15, so when the ship was called and could not head into the wind, we let her drive. And running under the shelter of an island called Claude, we secured the skiff with difficulty. And when they had taken it on board, they used cables to undergird the ship. And fearing lest they should run aground on cypress sands, they struck sail and so were driven. And because we were exceedingly tempest-tossed. Have you ever been in a season that you felt it wasn't even a regular storm? It was a crazy storm. Come on, wave at me if you've ever been in a crazy storm. It said that we were exceedingly tempest-tossed. So the next day they locked the ship, and on the third day we threw the ship's tackle overboard with our hands. Now, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and no small tempest beat on us, all hope that we should be saved was finally given up. But after long abstinence from food, then Paul stood in the midst of them and said, Men, you should have listened to me. He had warned them earlier, but they didn't hear what he had to say. And Paul said that you should not have sailed from Crete and, and, and incurred this disaster and loss. And now I urge him. He's encouraging them. He said, take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only the ship. For there stood by me this night an angel of God to whom I belong and to whom I serve. Hallelujah. Saying, do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar. In other words, everything God promised you, it's going to happen, even if you have to endure a storm. 
Indeed, God has granted you all those who sell with you. Not only are you going to make it, Paul, but everybody with you is going to make it. Tell your neighbor, stay close to me because I'm making it. And everybody with me is going to make it. Ah, my kids are going to make it. My family is going to make it. My row is going to make it. Can I get a witness? And then he said, then he said, therefore take heart, men, for I believe God will do that it will be just as he told me. I believe God that it will be just as he told me. However, we must run aground on a certain island. I'm going to speak for just a few minutes a very dangerous message. I'm titling this message today, Sometimes It Takes the Storm. We, we don't like it, but sometimes it takes the storm. If people were to ask me today, Pastor, how did you get to where you are? What did it take? It took it all, baby. It took it all. It took the high times. It took the low times. It took the calm times. It took the storm. I've lived long enough now where I can look back and say, God, I didn't like the storm, but thank you for it because it got me to where I you said I would be. Some of you have been in a storm and you think it's a storm of your, of, your, of your destruction, but God said it's gonna be the storm of your deliverance and your destiny. If you're ready to learn today, slip up your hands. Come on in the balcony. What a great crowd. Let's pray together. Father, release anointing today. May we teach and preach your word. God, with power and with fire, today is all about you. Somebody give the Lord a great big praise. Come on. Now you can be seated. Let me get right into this thing. Like I've said, if people ask me, Pastor, what did it take to kind of get to where you are in life? I would tell you what a lot of preachers won't tell you. I would tell you it took it all. It took the good times and it took the bad times. It took the high times and it took the low times. It took the calm times, come on somebody, and it took the storm. And, and, and here's some facts. A lot of people won't tell you this, but sometimes for you to go where God has called you to go and for you to be what God has called you to be, sometimes it takes the storm. Sometimes you've got to go through trouble to find out that God can take care of your trouble. Sometimes your storm is what actually pushes you to your purpose and pushes you to your destiny. And some of you are in a storm right now and you're saying you're out of God's will. No, you need to say, no, I'm in mid-transportation. Hallelujah. I'm on my way to what God said. Now, I can't believe I'm talking about hurricanes. We just got done, like I said, with Irma. I'm tired of Irma. I don't want to hear Irma. We got a sweet Irma in our church. That's the only Irma I like this season. Come on. I'm tired of Irma. I'm tired of Harvey. I'm tired of Maria. And, I'm, and, I'm t and I said the whole time, no way, Jose. Can I get a witness? I'm tired of the storm. But I want to talk to you about storms in life. There's actually a tremendous backstory to Paul's journey here. He's on his way to stand before Caesar. He's on his way to Rome. And he's going there, and he's actually on a prison ship. Now, if you know the background of this, if you look around chapter 21, chapter 22, Paul is under attack, and this is all part of the process. It's all part of getting him to his purpose. He begins to be under attack by the Jews who despised him, and they falsely accused him of defiling the temple. They falsely accused him, and for that reason, they wanted him destroyed. They wanted him killed. They wanted him taken into prison.
prison and they wanted his fate to be the same fate as people like James. They wanted him to be killed. So here Paul is, and he's in a place where he used to be accepted. He's in a place where he used to be celebrated. You see, Paul was a Renaissance man. He, he was an incredible, unbelievable, phenomenal man. He was a man that was a and in depth at discussing the scriptures. He was a Pharisee. He was a philosopher. He was a deep man. And he was so incredible because he was so connected to the Torah. He was so connected to the Jewish people. He even persecuted the Christians. But there came a moment when he turned to Jesus that the very people who used to love him despised him. Don't be surprised when you really turn to Jesus if you find out there were some people that were with you that can't hang with you anymore. Don't be surprised if your connection to Jesus causes you some relationships. So here he is. Paul is a misfit because he is being rejected by the Jewish elite, rejected by the Pharisees who he used to be in the good old boy club with. He's rejected by all those religious people. And then not only is he rejected there, he's not really accepted by the Christians because the Christians kind of look down upon him because he didn't come through the same journey. He didn't come through the same process that Peter and James and John and Andrew and that lot, he didn't come through their journey because he wasn't with Jesus in the three years of his ministry. He got a called a different way. So here he is. He's a misfit. He's rejected by the Jews. He's not really accepted by the Christians. Can I say something to you? Have you ever felt like a misfit? Have you ever had seasons and times in your life where you just didn't fit in? You didn't understand why you didn't fit in, but you just didn't quite fit in. I'm going to tell you something. The great people that God uses in the greatest ways have to endure seasons when they feel like they don't fit in. I've had times in my life when I wanted to fit in. I wanted to be a part of the good old boys club. I wanted to be in the preacher elite. Come on, somebody. But I just didn't quite fit in. In. But I come to realize that my journey is personal. I come to realize that I have to be who God has called me to be because I got a degree in being me. I got a PhD in me. Y'all ain't saying nothing. I, I, I'm the best me you will ever find. There's already a T.D. Jakes. I can't be the BTD Jakes. I can't be Judah Smith. I can't be Rod Parsley. But let me tell you, you stumbled up on the best Jim Rayleigh that there has ever been. I got a degree in being me. So I finally, at 53 years old, at 53 years old, I have finally come to a place in my life where I will not modify myself to fit in to your small perception of who you think I'm supposed to be. Because see, you have to understand where you don't fit in so you can recognize the moment when you finally arrive at the place that you do. Hallelujah. Because if you're not careful, you'll shave off parts of yourself. You, you, you'll begin to trim away parts of yourself to try to fit in in a place where God has never called you to fit in anyway. And I would rather be hated for who I am than love for being a fake. Maybe you say, Pastor, I don't quite fit in. Welcome. You're in good company. Hallelujah. Paul didn't fit in. Jesus didn't fit in. I don't fit in. And sometimes you don't fit in. But how many of you know you can't fit in when you're willing to stand out? Hallelujah. Somebody give the Lord a praise if you're hearing what I'm saying.
Paul deals with this throughout his ministry. He, he deals with the stinging reality of rejection. And if you serve God long enough, listen to me, preacher. If you serve God long enough, listen to me, leader. You're going to have to endure seasons of rejection. But here's what I've learned. Very often times, there is direction in rejection. And I have to look back at the people who rejected me, and I have to say, thank you very much. Hallelujah. Because had you not rejected me, I wouldn't have found my way into who I'm truly called to be. So there is often direction in rejection. Paul was willing to be a misfit. So the, the real question today is this. Are you willing to be a misfit if that will lead you to your purpose and to greater things in God? Make a little noise if you're willing to be a misfit. You need to write this down. Often a great clue that you have been chosen by God is when you endure seasons of rejection by men. It's all part of it. Paul is taken prisoner and he's about to be scourged in Jerusalem. You can read the story in Acts. He, he, he speaks up at that moment when he's about to be scourged and about to be abused because he knows that the Lord has called him to Rome, that he is to stand before Caesar. So he speaks up and he said, hey, wait a minute. It's unlawful to scourge and beat a Roman citizen. You can't do this without trial. I deserve a Roman trial. And it's amazing to me because if you know about Paul's life, Paul was a born citizen. That Even the soldier that he was dealing with and the soldier that he was conversing with, that soldier said, I paid a handsome sum for my citizenship, but yet Paul was born a citizen. If you bought your citizenship, that citizenship was kind of looked on as inferior and not really good. Uh, it didn't measure up to a citizenship that you were born into. Paul, understand me now, he is a born Roman citizen, but he is also has Jewish ancestry. Paul was something else. Paul was an amazing man. He had incredible knowledge. He was a scholar. Like I said, he was a philosopher. He was a Pharisee. He understood every detail of Judaism, but he was just as uncomfortable conversing in Greek with Felix and Agrippa as he was teaching the Torah in the temple. He was something else. He could flow between two worlds. One side note here, you will never win the world if the only language you speak is church language. Hear me, you will never win the world if all you can speak is churchianity. If all you know is hallelujah, brother, they're in the break room saying, I got an issue at home, and you grab them by the head and say, yeah, listen, you ain't helping nobody. You're going to scare them to death. Come on. If the only language you know is churchianity. But see, that's one thing at Calvary that you've got to comprehend that we are committed to. We are committed to speaking the language of the culture. Ah, if you don't learn the language of the culture, if you don't speak to people where they live, if you don't go right into their world, you may have good things to say, but they won't understand what you're saying. And we're going to speak the language of the culture. We're going to learn how to touch our community because I, for one, am not going to allow your sons and daughters to miss heaven because they came to a place that was so antiquated and disconnected from their life and reality that nobody, they don't even know what we're talking about.
about. That's why we've got to take on the issues and the subjects and the problems that they face. We can't just sit around and sing the songs and do the things that we've done for a hundred years and expect this generation to attach to it. Sometimes we've got to say, Lord, give me the language of the culture and then let me bring you to the culture so we can see a generation gloriously delivered by the power of God. How many of you are glad to be in a church where we are committed to speak the language of the culture? That when people come in here, they know that, man, they may have problems, but there is a Jesus that can bring them out of every issue. Come on, make a little noise if you're thankful. Don't be talking to people in your preacher voice. Hallelujah, it's so good to see. I told y'all a while back, man, people see me in the airport. They say, oh, glory be to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It's so good to see you, Pastor Rayleigh. I watch you on television. Glory to God. I'm Bishop Joey Jojo Shabadoo. I'm like, what are you the bishop of? You work at McDonald's. Come on, somebody. My name is my Missionary Keisha. Hallelujah. You ain't even been to Walt Disney World. How you Missionary Keisha? You, where you a mission? Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. We, we've become so drunk on our titles. We've been so concerned about being churchy that we forgot that we need to win a world for Jesus. Don't use your, don't use your preaching voice. You're scaring the children. Come on. <laughs> I don't know where that came from, but hallelujah. Paul understood the language of the culture. He was committing to, committed to bringing a real gospel to real people. Now, here he is. Through a process, he winds up on a journey to Rome. Everything God said about him came to pass. Every promise God made him became a reality. But here he is on the journey to Rome, and how is he getting there? He ain't on the Emerald of the Seas, come on. He's not on Royal Caribbean. He's not on the Carnival Cruise Line. Brother man is on a prison ship. Have you ever had God speak to you about some glorious promise? And you think, here we go. I don't know how I'm gonna get there, but I know it's gonna be five star. It's gonna be all good. And the next thing you know, you, you're on your way there, but it's certainly not how you thought it would be. Where are the real people at? He's on a journey, y'all, and he is literally chained between two soldiers. He's on his way, but it's not like he thought it would be. Somebody lied to you. Somebody told you that your destination would be an easy process. Somebody told you that you wouldn't have to trust God and you wouldn't have to hang on with hell breaking loose. Somebody told you you wouldn't face a storm. But see, I dropped by to talk to real people who live real lives and tell you sometimes you find yourself in a storm and you're not even out of God's will. Sometimes you find yourself in a storm and you're in the middle of God's will. But here's what's important. Even though you're in a storm, you're still making progress and you're still headed the direction that God has called you to head. Oh, let me talk to you today. Some of y'all have been in some storm-tossed situations. You've been going through some trouble and some struggle, but here's the truth. It don't matter how you get there, just get there. It doesn't matter how it takes you to get there or what it takes 
chance to get there. When the story is over, you're going to be where God called you to be. You may not like the process right now, but if God said it, he's going to bring it to pass. If God spoke it, he's going to do it. You may have to endure seasons of rejection. You may have to endure times when people you thought you could count on ain't there anymore. You may have to endure times when you get your feelings hurt, when you're going through struggle. But let me tell you, the process changes nothing. The promise is going to come to pass in your life. Stay with it. Tell your neighbor, stay with it. If it gets bumpy, stay with it. If you feel, go if you gotta go afraid. Go if you gotta go in bondage. Go if you gotta go in trouble. But don't stay where you are for anybody. See, here's the truth. A lot of my journey has been, I was more afraid to stay where I was because I couldn't live like I was living. I was more afraid to stay where I was than to get in faith and make the journey to where God has called me to go. I don't know who I'm talking to. See, here's the truth. Some of y'all have been going through some stormy times and the enemy has been whispering in your ear that this storm is going to destroy you. But God said this storm is transportation. It's actually going to push you to where God has called you to be. I need somebody, if you've been in a storm and you've seen that storm ever move you to where God called you to be, I want you to make a little noise in the room right now. No, everybody can't make noise like you can because they ain't been through the storms that you've been through. But if you've been through a storm and it led you to your purpose, make a little noise right now. Listen, I have, I have done some of the greatest things ever in my life. We've done it as a ministry and we did it afraid. Pastor, you're unspiritual. Well, we did it. Pastor, you're not very spiritual. We, when nobody, who else was building when the economy was crashing? Yeah. Who else got in faith? You know, I'm not trying to say we're better than anybody else, but I'm telling you, I'm not going to let a storm stop me from being who God has called me to be. Somebody give God a praise right now. Somebody give God a praise right now. If you're going to see your destiny and your purpose come into fruition, See, if you have a great destiny in your life, move forward even when you feel afraid. Now, 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 watch this. Many people take small or no chances and they spend their lives justifying their small breakthroughs and accomplishments. But I've come to tell somebody today, go for it. You don't wanna, you don't wanna spend your life living so conservatively that you never take a chance and you don't, give a, you don't give an opportunity for God to be God. Because I'm telling you, the things that you do today, the storms that you get through today become the stories that you tell tomorrow. Are you hearing me? It becomes the stories where you're able to say, I don't know how he did it, but he did it. I don't know how he brought me through it, but he brought me through it. And I'm so glad I didn't let the storm chase me away from my purpose. One of the things that I talked about with our friends that were at Collide, I said this, David was a man who lived on the edge. David was a man who went out there and fought Goliath. See, you got to fight your Goliath. You got to kill your giant because if you don't, nobody will remember your name. 
Oh, let me talk to you a minute. Nobody can tell you who the giant killed, but everybody knows who killed the giant. And I'm telling you, you're going to kill some giants for your family. You're going to kill some giants for your children. You're going to kill some giants for your purpose. You're going to make it through the storm, and that test is going to turn into your testimony. Can I get a witness in this place? Now, watch this. Paul had boarded the ship to sail to Rome, and that's when the real trouble started. See, trouble usually doesn't start in fullness until you get serious about your purpose. And when you get serious about your purpose, that's when all hell breaks loose. You know you're on the right track when you get serious about your purpose and you encounter a storm. Now, now, now Paul actually had a word from the Lord in chapter 27 about the danger of the storm and the potential loss of life and how bad it would be and what would occur. And he is totally ignored. Now, the first time he is ignored and people don't listen to him. And I want to tell you, if you're going to lead people, you need to understand this. You can't get mad and quit every time somebody doesn't listen to you. You can't get mad and quit every time your grown children don't listen to you. Because I'm telling you, you need to, even if they're grown, keep talking to them. Even if they don't live in your house anymore, keep talking to them. I'm telling you, they drove you crazy for a lot of years. You give it back to them. Good measure, press down, shaking together and running running over. Don't stop talking to him. Give him advice. See, here's the facts. I, I, I'm a man now who's lived a while, and, and, and I've come to understand there are two ways to learn, mentors and mistakes. And I would much rather learn from a mentor than I would a mistake. How many of you know what I'm saying? There are two ways to learn, mentors and mistakes. And you need to have mentors in your life and then listen to them. You need to be willing to receive correction and keep a good attitude. You don't need to just to hear, listen, you don't need just to hear correction. You need to receive it and apply it. Because I don't, listen, I'm at a place in my life where it hurts my heart. I'm, we had over 200 pastors and church leaders here, and I see things that guys are about to face, and I try to give them correction. I try to give people in my church correction, and real often, they don't want to hear what I have to say. They give me the smile, but then they don't heed what I have to say, but then they say, I want your advice, but then they don't follow my advice. I, what would you do in this situation? And I tell them, and they do the complete opposite. Where are the real folk at? And the truth is, I feel like part of my job at 53 years old is that I have lived this thing for 33 years, and I've been through enough storms that I can tell you how to get through a storm. But what drives me crazy is that I tell people <laughs> what to do, and then they do the exact opposite of what, and what I tell them to do. Because the truth is, there's some people you can't talk to. There's some people you can't say nothing to because they get offended and they get upset. But I'm going to tell you this, I can't call you up if I'm not allowed to call you out. I wouldn't go to a church where the pastor couldn't call me out. I wouldn't, if you go to a church, you, listen, if you're coming to church and you want every Sunday to be just great and awesome and you never get challenged, you're in the wrong church on the wrong Sunday with the wrong man because there's a lot of pastors who are, 
They're so afraid of their people that won't stand up and call them out on sin issues, on redemption issues, on faith issues, on racial issues, on, on civil issues. They won't say anything about it. But what you have to have is somebody that can call you out because I can't call you out. I can't call you up if I can't call you out. Oh, Jesus. I love you with all my heart, baby, but, but I'm telling you, I ain't scared of not one of y'all in this room. I'm going to get mad. I ain't going to pay my tithe. Keep your dang tithe in your pocket. It ain't going to matter to me. You ain't paying my bills. I have a sword. I don't like it. I don't like what he's saying. I'll leave. Well, go ahead and don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you because the truth is, if you come to this church, there'll be correction, protection. I'll speak the truth to you. We got to have it again. I wouldn't go to a church where I didn't feel challenged. You need to be able to be called out so you can be called up. How many of you can say, tell me what I need to hear, Pastor? Speak to me truth and love. Well, I guess I'm a little bit tired, so y'all know when I get tired, I just tell it all. How many of you want to be called up? How many of you want to go to the next level? How many of you say, Pastor, I, I don't just receive you as a, as a source of God's blessing in my life. If he speaks to you a word over my life and it corrects me, do whatever it takes, but don't leave me where I am. Make a little noise if that's you. I love you so much. I'm not mad at you. I love you. Don't just hear correction. Receive it and apply it. Now, come on, stay with me. Uh, you remember that he had already warned them about the storm and it was spot on. Nobody heard, nobody heard anything he had to say. But when his words started becoming reality, when the things he said started coming into fruition, suddenly he gained credibility. And see, the enemy does not want you to know this, but the storm actually gives you credibility. When, when, when you make it through the storm and when you speak from the heart of God and it's truth, it will give you credibility. The situation deteriorated so much that finally Paul said, hey, I want you to throw all the cargo over the ship. He, he, he's suddenly directing things there. It was so bad, y'all, that nobody ate for 14 days and all hope was lost. Now, now these very people who didn't hear him several verses earlier are now hanging on every word. They now want to hear everything he's got to say. Listen, they, might, they may not listen to you at first, but if you've heard God, keep talking because there will come a moment when they will want to hear what you've got to say. They're so desperate, they're, they're, they're not eating, they've thrown the tackle and, and they've thrown all kind of supplies over the side of the ship. And then Paul says, for there stood by me this night an angel. The Bible said before that, all hope is lost. But Paul said, there stood by me this night an angel of God whom I belong and whom I serve, saying, 
Do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar. And indeed, God has granted you all those who sell with you. Therefore, take heart, men, for I believe God that it will be just as he told me. He said, don't lose courage. He said, my purpose is still intact. Everything God told me is going to become a reality. And see, hear me in this room. He's in a storm, but you can't teach what you haven't been through. So now he's able to teach something that he's actually been through. Even though none of us like the storm, the storm pushes us to our purpose. Even though none of us like the storm, the storm pushes us to where God has called us to be. I'm gonna tell you something that's gonna make the enemy mad, but if you hear this right, it will cause you to rejoice right in this room. While it's raining, you're training. <laughs> While it's raining, you're training. While it's raining, God is getting you ready. While you're going through the trouble in this season, God is getting you ready to stand everywhere he told you you would stand in the next season. There's training in the storm. They didn't want to hear anything he had to say, but after a while in the storm, they're hanging on every words. There's 276 men, and Paul said, all of you are going to make it, and I'm telling you, that's what I'm after. I want us all to make it. I want you to make it. I want your children to make it. That's why we're community. That's why we're doing small groups. Everybody's got to make it. Tell your neighbor, this whole row's got to make it. This whole row's got to make it. Every kid in that children's department has to make it. Everyone in the nursery has to make it. Every campus has to make it. If you came in on the VIP bus, you have to make it. We don't want to leave anybody behind. Make a little noise if you say, we got to make it together. No, that ain't gonna do. I said, make a little noise if you say we gotta make it together. My, my, my. Paul is on the ship. And you know, boy, watch this. This is not Peter, James, or John. This is not Andrew. This is not, this is not a man who knew anything about fishing. He is, he is a Pharisee. He is a philosopher. He is a tent maker. He is not the captain of a ship. He has never been a seaman. He is totally underqualified. But yet, God puts him in a position and puts him over the whole boat. Even, he's given the orders on the boat. Come on, he's, in, he's a prisoner and he's given orders. He's a tent maker and he's given orders. God will put you in a position that you are totally unqualified for and then give you the supernatural insight to say things you shouldn't even know to say and to do things, yay, Jesus. Are you kidding me? I am Jim Rayleigh. I'm a preacher boy. Come on. I've been preaching all my life. Do you think I know how to build a $25 million building? Do you think I know how to run a school and a college and multiple campuses? Am I qualified to teach and preach to college presidents and professors? There's people in here, man, they are so gifted and smart. I've got some of the most influential people who know more, who probably forgot more than I know. But yet, I have tapped into a source that gives me super natural wisdom and the inclination of people now is to listen to what I have to say. Oh, Jesus, I'm trying to tell you, God will put you in a place you ought not be and give you everything you need to get done what he's called. I need somebody to give God a praise if you believe it. Ain't that good? Ain't it good? 
multi-million dollars of budgets and campuses. I don't know how to run that. Troy does. <laughs> I don't know how to do that, but yet I have responsibility for it all because I have supernatural insight. Oh, Jesus. I don't know who I'm talking to. I've got to hurry, 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 hurry. But God said, tell my people that I'm getting ready to usher them into seasons where they, don't even, they won't even know how they got there. They won't even know how they got the promotion. But he said, when they get there, don't lose heart. I'm going to show them everything they need to do, everything they need to be, and everything they need to say. If you receive promotion, give God a praise right now. I got to finish this thing, but get your neighbor by the hand and say, neighbor, the devil doesn't want you to know it, but your storm is not going to kill you. It's going to promote you. Yes, hallelujah. See, here's the deal. When you get in those moments, you have two choices. You can be pitiful or you can be powerful, but you can't be both. When, when you get in trying times, when you get in stormy seasons, you can be pitiful or you can be powerful, but you can't be both. And I made up my mind in the most trying times, hear me in the, in the balcony, I made up my mind in the most trying times that I would not be pitiful because you don't deserve a pitiful leader. I said, Lord, show me how to be powerful. Show me how to navigate this storm. Now, here's where it really gets real. Paul is speaking and finally they're listening. And he said, this ship must run aground. We've got to run aground. And when it ran aground, the ship broke up because the surf and the storm and the hurricane was so intense. Paul wasn't in Hurricane Irma, Hurricane Harvey, Hurricane Marie, or Jose, but he was in Hurricane Destiny. Sometimes you get in a hurricane and it's hurricane destiny. And stop trying to say you're out of God's will and start saying, God, I don't know why you're going to use this, but you're going to use it and I'm still going to get to where you called me to be. So here Paul is. And Paul said, listen, fellas, we're going to run aground. And the surf is so intense, the ship is going to break apart. He said, but if you can swim, swim. He said, but if you can't swim, just grab what's left. He said, grab what's left and ride it all the way in. Maybe you won't get there like you thought you would get there, but if the ship breaks up, grab the broken pieces. Just ride in on what's left. Tell your neighbor, grab what's left. See, some of y'all don't know it, but I came in on broken pieces. I came in on what was left. I'm only here today because I had the sense to grab what was left. I'm telling you, if you'll grab what's left, what's left will get you all the way in. If you, you got any peace left, grab it. You got any joy left, grab it. You got any praise left, grab it. You got any faith left, grab what's left, and you'll get all the way in. Tell your neighbor, come in. Say, come in on broken pieces. Tell your neighbor, grab what's left. I wonder if there's anybody in the room today, you ever came in on what was left? Did you ever grab what was left? Make a little noise if that's you. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. 
thought I was going to come in on the ship, but I came in on the, I came in on the steering wheel. I came in on the bow. I came in on a broken piece. But bless God, I got in. We want to come in cute. We want to come in with no struggle. We want to come in with everything perfect, but sometimes God can't get glory out of that. So he'll let the ship wreck so you can come in on what's left and still say, I'm the one that called you and I'm showing you I'm still on your side. Tell you need to grab what's left. Come on, I need, I need some folk right now. If you're going to go in on what's left, one, two, three, give God a shout in the house. Stand up, everybody, and give God a shout in the house. I stand before you today, and, and I'm just here. I came in on the broken pieces. Huh? I didn't come in cute. You know, these people where it seems like nothing goes wrong, that ain't me. But I came in, man, I was gasping. I came in tired. I laid on the shore where y'all at. My shoes was gone, my hair was messed up. I didn't look good, but I got there. Where's my microphone? Tell your neighbor, say, you gotta get there. You gotta get there. Oh, I feel like preaching in here right now. Tell your neighbor, you gotta get there. Yeah, 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 yeah. People, people look at you, they don't understand what you've been through. Tell your neighbor, I don't look like what I've been through. Yeah, 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 I don't look like what I've been through. You don't know what I've been through to get to where I am. I came in on broken pieces. I got here on what was left. I've been betrayed. I've been jacked up. I've been talked about. I've been through hard times, but I got here. I got here. I need about 15, 1,800 people that will shout here on live stream. A couple thousands of people shout over the fact that you got here. You came in on the broken pieces. One, two, three, give God a shout. Uh, huh. That's why you can't let nobody judge your journey. That's why you can't let crazy people judge your praise. Because they don't know what you went through to get the praise that you got. If you're gonna get offended by somebody's praise right now, let me tell you, if God had brought you through what he brought them through, you might be praising him right like him right now. So Paul gets on the shore. Because huh. sometimes it takes the storm. I don't like it, but sometimes it takes the storm. I don't like it, but sometimes it takes the storm. I don't like it, but sometimes it takes the storm. I don't like it, but sometimes it takes the storm. I wish I didn't have to go through it, but sometimes it takes the storm. Sometimes I learn to trust him in the storm. Sometimes I learn to praise him in the storm. Sometimes I learn to pray in the storm. I don't get healed till I get in a storm. I don't get serious about it till I get in a storm. Paul is on the shore now. He's on the shore. He said, I'm cold, I'm gonna build me a fire. First thing you do when you come through, build a fire. Come on, there ought to be a fire in your heart today after all you've come through. Paul gathers up the wood, huh? Gathers it up, 
begins to build a fire. The barbarians are standing around him. And the Bible said the barbarians showed him no small kindness. Don't be surprised who will be good to you when you come through a storm. People you thought wouldn't even like you will wind up being a blessing to you. God, I, I got I to gotta take my seat. Paul is, Paul is building a fire. And when he reaches in to warm himself in the fire, a viper, not a grass snake, a straight up poisonous viper attacks, attaches itself to Paul's hand, to his finger. Now, if that would have been me, I'd have been like, really, God, for real? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You're always good. You love endure. Yada, yada. What in the world, God? But not Paul. That thing attached itself to Paul's hand, and he shook it off. He said, my God, I haven't been through all that I've been through to die now. I haven't survived this storm to die now. I haven't been through this hell to die now. I'm going to shake it off. Tell your neighbor, shake it off. Yeah, you haven't come through what you come through to die now. To die now. You haven't traversed what you traversed to die now. You haven't been through what you've been through to die now. Shake it off. Shake off the pain. Shake off the betrayal. Shake off the anxiety. Shake off the worry. Shake off the drama. Shake off the addiction. Shake off the opinions of others. Shake off the poverty. Shake off the sickness. Tell your neighbors, say, shake it off. Shake it off. Touch three people and say, shake it off, shake it off, shake it off. I haven't been through this much to die now. I had lived through the storm to die now. I had lived through the trouble to die now. I had been through what I've been through to die now. I'm going all the way. I'm going all the way. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, stand there if you have to, but I'm gonna shake it off. Shake it off. Shake it off. Tell that same neighbor, say, neighbor, but I'm gonna give him praise because I'm going all the way. I'm going all the way. It took the storm, but I'm going all the way. Oh, I'm gonna give you 20 seconds. One, two, three. Give him praise. Come on, I feel a breakthrough in here right now. I feel a breakthrough in here right now. Feel a breakthrough in here right now. Shake it off. Shake it off. Tom, how do we survive the toughest time? We just shook it off. We said it's not going to control us. How many times have we operated in faith over the last 20 years? You're one of the few who started with me. When things were at the most impossible, we said, God, you're going to bring us through. And this right here tells us that the promise was intact. All these campuses. See, you will make it if you will learn to understand 
And sometimes it takes the storm to get you to your destiny. There'll come a day when your storm will be your source of your story. You don't know me if you don't know my story. That's why I try to be real. That's why I try to stand up here. Be one of them real pastors. Because <laughs> I got issues. If you don't believe it, just ask my wife when you get But my storms have been what's gotten me to where I am. If you're in the room today and you say, Pastor, I've been dealing with a storm. I want you to raise your hand. Come on, come on. I've, I've dealt with some storms personally. In the name of Jesus, hold those hands up. In the name of Jesus, I declare your storm is not going to be your detriment. It's going to be your transportation. And this storm is going to work out for your good. It's going to work out for your good and for God's glory. I bind every bit of quit out of you. I rebuke every bit of quit off of you. I take authority over every drop of quit that would try to manifest in your life. I take authority over the quit in the name of Jesus. I want you to know your, your purpose is still intact. Everything God promised is still intact. Hallelujah. Now, just for a moment. If you're in the room with heads bowed and eyes closed and you'd say, Pastor, I'm not where I need to be with God. When you pray, pray for me. I'm not where I need to be with the Lord. There's sin in my life. Heads bowed, eyes closed. When I count to three, raise your hand. Pray for me, Pastor. One, two, three. Hands straight up right now. Hands straight up right now. I've got some things that ought to get under the blood right now. Come on. If you raised your hand, I'm not going to sneak you up. Rush up here right now. Rush up here right now. You need to take a step of faith. You're not going to come by yourself. If you raised your hand and you're ready for a brand new beginning, I want you to get up here right now. Rush, 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 rush. Come from the balcony right now. Come on. Come from all over this house right now. Come on, come on, come on, come on. I'm not sneaking you up today. Come on, come on, come on, come on. It's a new beginning. It's a new beginning. It's a new beginning. Nothing more important than this. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Sin is fleeing today. Hallelujah. I said sin is fleeing today. I said sin is fleeing today. Glory to God, glory to God. Somebody clap. Dozens are coming. Hallelujah. Somebody, my Lord, they're still coming. Come on, I want to get it right today, preacher. I want to get it right today. There's sin in my life that's got to get under the blood. Come on, come on. Everybody take your hand and place it on your heart. Oh, my God. Come on, honey. Come on. Hand on your heart. Everybody pray this prayer after me. Pray, Heavenly Father. Know everybody in the whole room, pray just put the mic in your mouth. I want the whole house to pray. Pray, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, please forgive me for all my sins. Take my heart. Wash it clean in precious blood. Give me a new beginning. Give me a brand new start. I can't make it alone. I've tried, but I can't do it. But if you'll help me, if you'll help me, and let me start over, I'll make it through every storm. I give you praise. Now, you guys stay right there for just a moment and look at me. Look at me, all you guys in the front. I need you to turn and go this way. I need you to take about three minutes. I have something for you right here. 
but it's not over. It's only the beginning. Good days ahead for you. You hear me? So turn and go this way. Everybody give them a hand clap. Come on. Everybody go. I got some staff over here. All you folks, reach over and touch your neighbor on the shoulder. Reach over and touch your neighbor on the shoulder. Now listen to me. Two things. Number one, Wednesday night is going to be awesome here. I want, and will you pray for me? I have to leave right after this service. And I'm doing a couple of days of ministry in Jamaica up in the Blue Mountains. I'm bringing, I'm bringing pastors in from all over the nation of Jamaica. I'm going to be at an orphanage. And I'm going to be preaching to these pastors and loving on these kids. Because, listen, ministry is ministry. And I'm happy to go. I'm just believing for hot water. Can you, can you just believe with me for hot water? But pray for me. And, and, and I want you to come this Wednesday night. Do you feel like God spoke a word to you today? Do you? Pastor Troy's going to come, and he's going to close us out in prayer. A couple of quick things. We got uh, Pastor Ruddy is going right now. He's going back in the back. He's going to go to the left. Those of you that are our guests, please just take a second to stop by there and say hello. Shake his hand. We'd appreciate you doing that. Uh, also, we want to remind you today is sign-up day for all of our small groups. We've got, uh, I heard a minute ago, a little over 50 of them now. So there's a lot of different options and groups. They're lined up uh, in this hall, also around over in this hall. Just kind of peruse. Take a minute. Don't rush out. Go out there and just kind of look around and see what groups you can sign up. You can obviously also go online. And you can find out what our groups are there. But we want you to get involved. We are a family. And we want to do life together, so we encourage you to do that. The very last thing I'm going to say is this. we got these new little cards I think are pretty cool. And it's just a little card. And all it says on it is something extra for you. And then it says God loves you on the back is our service times of all of our campuses. And what we decided to do with this is, you know, you are in a restaurant and you give a tip. Won't you give the tip anyway? But if you want to give beyond, did you hear me say beyond? Beyond the tip, which is the something extra. Then just drop the card in. That's just the way of biting them in the church. They'll look at the tip and they go, wow, that's awesome. I love these people. I'm going to their church, right? So, or you can use it like if you want to bless somebody, you want to buy somebody dinner, you want to go do something for somebody, you want to cut somebody's yard, whatever. It can be used for all those things. And then you just say, hey, look, I just want to invite you to church. And that just shows that not only do we say we care, we show that we care. And that's what it's designed to do. In the little kiosk, as you go out here in the middle, there's a kiosk with a lot of brochures in them. These cards are there. Grab you some. So let's pray. Father, we thank you so much, God, for the honor, God, to be able to be in your house this morning. God, many of us came, and we came down a little bit, God. We, we have issues in our life. We have problems. We have things. But, God, I pray right now that you allowed us to shake it off while we came in this building. So since we shook it off, we're not going to take it when we go back out. We're going to go back home a different person. We're going to go to work tomorrow a different person. And God, you are going to lead and guide every step that we take. We believe it and we're going to live it. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys. See you Wednesday night.